but Adam. Some more exciting answers to the baffling and intriguing questions of science. Up and Adam, science on FBI. We got her back in the studio, Dr. Alice Williamson, this morning for Up and Adam. Alice, welcome. Hello. Nice How to you? see you again. <laughs> They're like, I'm still a bit jack-lagged. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> now, this is an incredible story that you've brought us this week because we are just chatting and you said, did you know that the top layer of your skin is replaced essentially once a month? Which, you know what, I didn't know, but this regenerative pop- property has been applied in a bit of a medical breakthrough. What's gone down? Yeah, this is a really amazing story that was reported last week. Um, it's a story of a, a seven-year-old um, boy who was originally from Syria who moved to Germany in 2013 and he was living with um, a really um, what really debilitating genetic disorder which meant that um, 80% of his skin was covered in in blisters um, you know extremely painful and in fact the, the top layer of his skin um, was no longer present in, in 80% of you know of the whole coverage so he had a small piece of skin on his leg and and some skin on his head but um he was really very unwell um and being treated with morphine and uh researchers or doctors rather were actually um, considering palliative care for this young boy wow um and then a team of researchers came along and um, have done something really amazing um they were able to take a small amount of the the skin from his leg and to actually grow more of his own skin in the lab. But before they grew this skin in the lab, these sheets of skin in, you know, Petri dishes really, or kind of long pieces of, of, of lab equipment, um, what they were able to do is to genetically modify those uh, skin, skin cells with uh, the delivery of a, a virus that actually... Um, replaced um, the defective gene in his own skin cells because this is a genetic condition that was causing this blistering mm. and by genetically modifying these these skin these skin cells to you know um, sort of fix this this gene that produces the protein that he needed they were able to grow healthy skin in the lab and then where they were able to graft this skin onto his body and the result has been amazing. That's so. mind-blowing. How do you grow skin? Well, um, the, the great thing, you know, you mentioned at the top of the story, the fact that skin has this regenerative, regenerative property. <laughs> we can't say so, that you know, this It's morning. a tricky word, isn't it? <laughs> I'm blaming the jet lag. I'll have a coffee in a second. <laughs> I've but, got no excuse, yeah. But um, this is, you know, this is... Uh, something that's essential for us because we have certain certain cells in our body can regrow and and skin is one of them and this means with you know the specialist stem cells that we have in skin it's able to regenerate from small amounts so taking a small sample of these epidermal skin cells from from his leg they're able to grow you know vast numbers of these cells colonies of these cells which could then grow into sheets that were ready for transplant so they originally tried to do a skin graft with his father's, yes? Yeah. So what then happened or how was the process of then taking it from the lab and then applying it and letting it grow? So uh, originally the, the doctors, the medical team thought if we could, if they could take a, a sample of skin from his father that was healthy, perhaps they could use a skin graft from his father, which would enable the, the boy to be well again. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, he rejected this skin graft. As often happens, we've talked about this before, that if you receive organs including skin or liver heart from from somebody else the body can reject that so this treatment is actually 
involving the use of this this young boy's very own cells mm. so rejection wasn't a proper problem in this case so his his cells um you know the genetic defect is actually uh a problem with a, a gene called LAM3 and what this this gene does is it's supposed to produce a, a protein which helps to connect or fix that top layer of skin the epidermal layer to the the deeper layers of skin and without this kind of connection this is why this this blistering results yeah so what they were able to do is actually correct those that gene so that they would would these skin cells would produce this protein and therefore the skin would be healthy and they've had great success so two years on from this operation um the the researchers report that this young boy no longer needs um any treatment or ointments and he's able to um play sport and his skin heals normally that's incredible so it's an incredible breakthrough they said that there were potentially some risks with it, though, as far as sun exposure. Yes. Yeah, so sometimes when when there's been some genetic modification, there are can be increased risks of certain cancers, and they'll be monitoring um, him for that for sure. Mm. But certainly, when we look at um, you know how he was a few years ago, he was in you know really really very unwell, and now this treatment has has you know given given him a whole new skin and this skin that he's had transplanted of course he doesn't have to have any more transplants because of these regenerative properties of skin his his whole skin that's been replaced with this uh, genetically modified cell is able to regenerate itself and keep him healthy incredible and overall what do you think this means for regenerative medicine yeah so we've said it right now so i think uh, people are very excited about this regenerative medicine we should probably talk about what that is so it's it's really it's sort of stuff that is often quite futuristic and almost a bit sci-fi but this is it's this idea that um we can use our body's own ability to regenerate um to help treat injuries and diseases and there are certain parts of the body like the skin that does regenerate we know that the liver can regenerate but unfortunately not all of our organs or cells are able to do this and this means that if if a part of our body becomes diseased that can't regenerate then we either need to have a replacement organ or a treatment or some sort of therapy so this kind of medicine is trying to get our body to grow back uh, anything that needs to be fixed so this is a really uh, big breakthrough in this area because it, it's involved this genetic therapy through the the genetic modification of these cells and then this cell therapy um, and it's a big breakthrough because the team of researchers had never done a transplant on this uh, as larger area with with lab grown set uh, with lab grown skin either so they'd previously only done small grafts onto small areas of the body certainly not 80 percent of somebody's body and and, you know, a young child too. Yeah. Check out FBI Radio's Twitter if you want to delve a little bit deeper into this story. Alice Williamson in the studio for Up and Adam. And Alice, you're quite a traveller. You've done that before. And some people who go on round the world trips, I'm sure struggle when they're packing a suitcase, you know, different time zones, different weather patterns. They need both warm and cold clothing, but there could be a bit of a breakthrough in science in regards to just that. Yeah, some research, some chemistry research from Stanford University, uh, where some teams have have developed a a material that can either keep, um, the idea is to keep skin or something, uh, warm or cold, depending on which way round the material is facing. So pretty cool technology here, or warm, depending on which way round it is. Um, <laughs> it's, I know, it's still early, isn't it? Um, but this, um, so they've developed um, 
basically a material that's made out of a, a polymer that has lots of really tiny holes in it. So it's called nanoporous because these holes are so small, they're on the nanoscale. Um, and then there's a bilayer inside this polymer um, that's made of a very small, very thin sheet of copper and a very thin sheet of carbon. Um, and basically the researchers are harnessing the different properties of the, both the copper and the carbon in terms of emitting infrared uh, radiation. So infrared radiation is heat essentially. It's the, you know, when, when you see those cameras on, on films where the you know the police are looking for the bad guy <laughs> and you can see the warm body through the camera this is the the radiation that's being emitted by a warm body and this is the way that uh, we le- we lose most of our heat um as you know human beings about 40 to 60% of our heat is lost in this way which is a good thing when we're really warm but not so great when we're feeling a bit nippy yeah so the idea of this material is that depending on whether you you take the polymer and you face it towards the skin with the metal facing the skin or the carbon layer facing the skin the properties of the emission of that infrared radiation will change so if you place um the the metal very close to the skin or facing the skin the the idea is that the heat will conduct from the body through the copper to the carbon and this carbon layer is really good at emitting heat but if you have it the other way around the copper is a very poor emitter of heat so it will keep that warmth in so the idea is that you would be able to maybe switch, you know, the position of this blanket or the sheet of material to keep you warm or to help you to cool down. Wow. It's an awesome idea. What what inspired it? Well, I think these these researchers are trying to look at the different properties of materials. Mm. And, you know, this is something that researchers, chemistry researchers are doing all the time, chemical engineers, um, trying to see how we can look at these properties of material to, to be useful. And if you think about uh, this in terms of... It's, probably not the most comfortable item of clothing at the moment because at the moment it's made of this uh, kind of polymer this plasticky um uh, kind of fixed surface um but so it's not really very cozy to wrap around you but if they can make this uh, these properties and, and put these into fibers that could be part of clothing it could be useful or potentially you could think about this as an insulating material in the walls of a house for example and imagine if you could find a, a really nifty way to to change the position so you know in the summer to keep the house cool to help the house emit heat and in in the winter to you know help that heat stay in perhaps this could be a really effective way of reducing uh, energy costs and also our use you know our reliance on um, air conditioners or heating systems which obviously are a huge burden on on our planet's resources yeah that's a great large-scale way of thinking about it do they see it being on the market soon as an item of clothing i think at the moment it's a little bit it's a little bit far from that because it is this kind of this you know this polymer this this material but they have tested it on synthetic skin which kind of ties our two stories together so they found that if they took a patch of synthetic skin and they compared the use of their material um with um a Mm t-shirt or just bare skin they found that when they were testing it under you know warming conditions that their material kept the skin warmer the synthetic skin warmer than a t-shirt did and they found that under cooling conditions that their material was 
almost as efficient at you know releasing heat as having bare skin mm-hmm. um, and you know we can't always have bare skin so it would be good to have a material that would help us to cool down especially in these hot Australian summers. Yeah definitely and this might be a bit of a silly question but how is something like that different to thermals? So it depends on how we're keeping how you're keeping um, heat in so the, the way that heat can can travel there's a few different ways um, might remember this from science class conduction and convection which involve the use of you know we need particles there so we need to have this kind of movement of of energy through particles whereas radiation can travel uh, without this because it travels as a wave because it's infrared radiation is part of the electromagnetic spectrum so that's why we can feel the heat from the sun for example but thermals work in um in a way that the kind of material is is designed so there are pockets of air that can keep the warmth in to the best of my knowledge it might have developed a lot you know since those those woolly vests that we used to have to wear for school in England <laughs> um but it's you know some of these properties could perhaps be even used together so there could be a possibility of designing a thermal material that also had this property so it's kind of doubly effective or triply effective depending on on how it was designed Awesome. You can check out these stories at fbiradio.com slash programs. If you click on Up For It or subscribe to the Up and Adam podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from. Alice, before you chuff off, though, you've got some pretty exciting news this morning in regards to Sydney science. Yeah, I was really, really happy to hear that um, Michelle Simmons has been um, announced or uh, has been, you know, we found out this morning that she is the New South Wales Australian of the Year. And Professor Michelle Simmons is a fantastic scientist um, at UNSW. She's a quantum physicist. Um, She's trying to build a really, really fast quantum computer that can do things in parallel and will help us to to you know to churn through data at kind of unimaginable speeds i think we might have a focus in on some of her science in a you know in a a later up and atom but i think that's something that we should really be celebrating this morning so congratulations to professor simmons yes congratulations and we'll chuck a link to her work as well at the website i just mentioned earlier alice cheers for jumping on catch you next week see you next week This was produced by FBI Radio in Sydney, fbiradio.com.